It's the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Count on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi. Can your internet do that? All right, welcome in. It's week three. We've got a big matchup. Lovey Smith returns to Chicago, take on the Bears, and we've got a Bears preview. And normally I get a team reporter. This week is a little bit different, but I don't think you're going to be disappointed at all. He's a former player, defensive end, six-year veteran. Uh, he's a Big Ten sports analyst and a Fox 32 Chicago analyst. And more importantly, he played for Levy Smith between 2010 and 2012. It's Corey Wooten. I'm going to get a chance to catch up with him and get his thoughts on this Bears team as well as Levy Smith's return to Chicago, what he remembers most about playing for the Texans head coach. He's got some great insight on a Levy Smith's defense, both there and here. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about this Bears team that has a lot of similarities to this Texans team as both teams look for a win and they've really got to turn things around with their offense. So it's a great enemy sidelines this week and we're going to get right into it. But first, Xfinity delivers the fastest internet in Houston, stream Texans games on a powerful and secure Wi-Fi network and count on a reliable connection for all your devices. Xfinity XFi, can your internet do that? All right, let's get right into it. Enemy Sidelines on the Deep Slant Podcast presented by Xfinity. Joining me is six-year NFL veteran Corey Wooten, Big Ten Sports Analyst, Fox 32 Chicago Analyst. He is the host of Believe in Bears, the podcast. Corey, welcome in. Yeah, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a big week for both these teams. The Texans looking for their first win. And Lovey Smith, in his first year as head coach of the Houston Texans, returns to Soldier Field. You played for Lovey back in the day from 2010 to 2012, was correct? Last year. Yeah, it was last year for the Bears, yeah. All right. So what do you remember most about playing for Lovey Smith? Man, it was awesome playing for him, especially uh, in, in the defense we had in Chicago. Uh, we were, you know, top 10 pretty much every year I was there. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We had some some great guys on the team, Erlacher, Lance Briggs, Julius Peppers, you know, Henry Melton, Charles Peanut Tillman, the list goes on and on. So it was it was a lot of fun playing in that Tampa two attacking style defense, especially as a defensive lineman. But what what I what I love the most about Lovey is he's a player's coach. You know, that, that year he got fired when we went 10 and six. There was grown men in, in that uh, end of the year meeting crying. So that wow. just shows you the impact that he had in our in our locker room. So, you know, everybody kind of bought into him and loved him, not only as a person, but as a coach as well. I mean, he's sort of downplayed this return to Chicago. He's he's returned since since he left Chicago when he was head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks. But for Chicago and for people around there, how is Levy's return being perceived there? You know, I, th I think a lot of people are, are, are open to it. You know, I think um, some, some of the best years with the Bears was when Lovey was the head coach, right? You look at the 05 season when they, when they made it to the Super Bowl. Then in 2010, when we got to the NFC Championship and then having some of the best defenses kind of in his tenure there. So I think people really wish that Lovey would have stayed, to be honest, because we had that defense figured out. It was just all about kind of getting that offensive coordinator. And sometimes, you know, the GM or the owner really has more say in that. Lovey was kind of like, hey, I'm going to get this defense right. But it's kind of hard when you're a top five defense to fire a coach that goes 10 and six. So everyone was kind of scratching their head about that one. Okay, I'm going to ask you about the Bears, but I got one more question about Lovey. Have you watched much of the Texans defense? Yeah, so I've been I've been watching them. Uh, so they've kind of struggled a little bit of stopping the run. But but the, the thing that's evident, right, in Lovey's defense, is kind of like that bend but don't break philosophy. You know, you're looking at these first two games. He doesn't like they, it. 
He doesn't like it when people say that, but that's interesting that you say that. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because sometimes when, when you're struggling out there defensively, it's all about limiting the, the, the scoring drives, right? Touchdowns. And he's been able to do that so far. I mean, you guys gave Russell Wilson some fits. You know, they're still trying to learn this defense. I think when they fully buy into it, I mean, it's one of those defense. When you get the, the front seven in order, it makes everything that much easier. So let's talk about the Bears. They've got a new head coach and Matt Eberflus. What have been the biggest differences you think in that Bears team since he's taken over? You know, I, I think that the, the biggest thing is everyone has been buying into him as a coach. You know, with Matt Nagy last year, he, he really lost the locker room. You, you can see that evident through guys' play. The biggest surprise to me is the lack of, of being able to stop the run defensively because that was something he preached from day one. You know, we're going to be a disciplined team. We're going to be able to stop the run. And in the first two weeks, they've given up about six yards a pop, something that we haven't seen from Iberflus' defense dating back to uh, all the way to the Cowboys days. So um, that, that was very surprising for me. But I think the biggest thing w- was adjustments. And in both games, I thought they did a pretty good job defensively of having adjustments, right? But you have to be able to start start fast and be able to stop the run. So, yeah, this week is, is, a, is a critical juncture for both of these teams. They're both very similar, right? Defensively, haven't really lived up to the hype that we thought. Both young quarterbacks really haven't lived up to the hype yet, and both have talented running backs. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. Corey, I was going to say the same thing. I feel like there's so many similarities between the two teams, and you talked about the defense, but on the offensive side, you've got two second-year quarterbacks that both have sort of struggled in the passing game. They've got new head coaches. So let's talk about Justin Fields. You know, what have you seen from him year one to year two growth? And what are the expectations of him as a first-round pick? So so in the preseason, we saw a different uh, Justin Fields from that first year to now. We saw him more confident. They were kind of game planning for success with him. They were really setting up the run, working that play action, especially in that last preseason game. He only, uh, he only had one incomplete pass. So I thought this was going to be the year he took the big step, right? And then you, you fast forward to that first game in the first half, really weren't able to get things going against the 49ers. And then in the second half, we, we saw flashes of that playmaker, him being able to get outside the pocket, complete some passes down the field, really working that, that run and play action. And then in the, the second game against Green Bay, we have a great first drive. Things are going. We're setting up the play action pass. We drive down the field, uh, score on them. And then all of a sudden in that second drive, they go to gun. And all, I'm like, oh, OK, under center worked with the fullback, tight ends. And then all of a sudden they got away from that. So. It's been hard because he's only had 28 pass uh, attempts, so it's kind of hard to evaluate. So I think the thing that can be learned is, listen, you know, both of these young quarterbacks on both teams, right, the run is going to set up the passes to give them confidence because that's the biggest thing when you're talking about a young quarterback is getting his confidence up. Once that happens, then we can open up the, the, the playbook. But first off, let's work the run and play action. And especially Justin Fields, allow him to use his feet, get on some of those boots, some of those sprint outs. That's where he gets his confidence. from. Yeah, he was only seven for 11 in that last game against the Packers, but he had a rushing touchdown. So in order to get the passing game going, I know you talked about time of possession, but offensively, is there something that uh, the receivers can do more to sort of step it up for Justin Fields? I know they've got some pretty new receivers in Equinamia St. Brown and Darnell Mooney, but how can they sort of help add to that passing game and get some more production? You know, I think it's been tough because I think they're missing a a true number one receiver, right? We thought Darnell Mooney would be that guy because last year his success with Justin Fields, uh, Mooney had over a thousand yards, but people fail to realize Allen Robinson was on the other side and he wasn't as productive 
but he still garnered that attention on that other side. So now everybody's kind of keying on Darnell Mooney and St. Brown has kind of been that go-to receiver and, and no disrespect to him by any means, but he's a true number three or four in, in, in most receiving cores. So he, he's been, he's been our uh, kind of bright spot, but he's not, he's not a true number one or anything like that. So they're going to have to find ways to get Darnell Mooney the ball. And then also Cole Komet, we thought he would have his coming out party. And I think he's only had one, uh, two targets and one of them he dropped. So it's, it's, it's definitely been tough. But I think that the biggest thing they need to do is get Justin Fields on the move, right? Give him options that he can use his feet because that's what separates him. As a former defensive lineman, you know, guys that have that type of speed like Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick, I mean, it just brings such a different element because then you have to worry about rushing the passer, staying in your lanes. You can't rush the same way. And then all of a sudden when he has those zone reads, you have to be able to stay at home because Justin Fields on a defensive end, that's, that's, that's tough sledding all day. All right. Well, one other bright spot, obviously, David Montgomery, I can't not mention him coming off his best game since the 2020 season, 15 carries, 122 yards. What went well for him in that week two game and what makes him such a productive back in that run game for Chicago? Well, I think he's so versatile. I, th- I think the thing is he can run uh, under the eye formation. He can run out of the gun as well. His ability to break tackles is unbelievable. You look at even some of those gun runs where he had 10 to 15 yards. He got hit in the backfield and he broke three to four tackles on that play. So it's just pretty impressive, his ability to break tackles. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. And then the great part about it is they have a great one-two punch, not only Montgomery, but Khalil Herbert as well. So, yeah, I I think that the strongest asset to them is Montgomery and Herbert in in that running game. All right. Well, you're a defensive guy, so i got to ask you about the defense. They lost some key veterans this offseason. No Khalil Mack, no Akeem Hicks, no Danny Trevathan. So how has Matt Eberflus filled in some of those gaps with playmakers and in, in those veterans absence this year. So, you know, it's, it's tough to replace a guy like a little Mac, right. You know, uh, his sack numbers didn't woo or wow you every year. You know, he, he was a playmaker more so than anything, you know, he'd make big plays happen. He'd have picks, he'd have sack fumbles, uh, tackles for loss. Um, but Travis Gibson is a guy who stepped up big. This is his third year playing now. He had two sacks against Aaron Rodgers in that game. He's a big guy that was, was supposed to step up this year. And then Al-Kadim Muhammad, he's a guy that's kind of been a little silent. He, he played under Eva Flus in Indianapolis and kind of had a breakout year last year, had six sacks as a full-time starter. We kind of haven't heard much from him. But the good part is they have Robert Quinn, and he had a big sack in that game against Green Bay and still looks like he has plenty of juice left in his career. But the the most surprising aspect has been Roquan Smith, right? They moved him to outside linebacker this year, and he just seems out of place, right? He seems a little bit slow on his reads, and I think he's still trying to get in game shape. He sat out all the training camp trying to get that deal done, and guys know around the league, it is hard to get in, in playing shape when you're not out there in training camp. So I think he's still a little out of conditioning shape right now, I think that's evident from from what we've seen in the first two weeks. I'm glad you brought up Roquan Smith. So what went behind that decision to move him? And do you see him moving back at any point? Yeah, I I, I can see him for sure moving back. I think they wanted to, to highlight his speed, right? But the thing is, you got you got to remember, he's been playing that mic position for a couple of years now, right? And and sometimes moving somebody just because they have speed doesn't doesn't make all that sense. So maybe if he can get more comfortable with it, but I think you need to move him to the mic and, uh, you know, move Adams maybe back to the outside position. All right, so it's week three, Bears, Texans. A lot of storylines here from the Houston side, but what about from the Chicago side? What are some of the big storylines heading into Sunday's game? 
Well, the, the, the biggest storyline is, is Justin Fields, right? I think people are, are kind of questioning, right? Is, is he the guy? Is Chicago cursed at the quarterback position? We can never get the offense going. How are you going to uh, put him in positions to succeed? So that's that's the biggest thing they've been talking about is the offensive coordinator, Justin Fields, and then as well as defense being able to stop the run. Those are Those are kind of the major headlines right now. Very similar storylines for both these teams. It'll be an interesting matchup on Sunday. Corey, thank you so much for the time. Where can people listen to your stuff? You can uh, listen to me on, on Fox 32 in Chicago on the Lee podcast. You know, that, that's a part of the Sirius XM network as well. And then I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y, W-2-O's, T's O-N. All right, Corey, thanks so much for the time. Looking forward to the game on Sunday. All right, thank you so much. Have a good rest of the day. Great stuff from Corey. And, and with the way the interview started off, when he started rattling off those players in Levy Smith's defense, I mean, man, those were some days back for the Bears. So just to hear some of the uh, the reaction to Levy Smith being let go and, and also his return to Chicago. But doesn't that sound so similar to the Texans? Second-year quarterbacks, first-year head coaches for the teams, trying to get the offense going. Um, just a lot of adjustments that need to be made, and, and it's going to be a big game for both these teams on Sunday. So if you want to catch Sunday's game, obviously, you can catch it on CBS. You can also catch it on Sports Radio 610. But if you want to see some of the pregame action and get into some of the storylines, you can catch that on Texans Unlimited Live, presented by Verizon. It's our pregame show. You can download the Texans mobile app. It's available on YouTube. Uh, but if you have the mobile app, it'll give you an alert when we go live, which is about an hour before kickoff. So 11 a.m. Central. And joining me on the broadcast will be Cecil Shorts, former Texans player. And so we'll get his insight as well on uh, what he sees from this offense and what he thinks will happen in Sunday's game. So great insight from Cecil. We'll get to your fan questions. We'll have a one-on-one -on -one as well. And uh, we'll bring you all the coverage from game day before game day even gets underway. So I highly, highly encourage you to check that out. But that's going to do it for Behind Enemy Sidelines. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.